Well, I want to share this message on doors. I believe uh, one of the most important uh, principles that we'll learn in Scripture is the importance of a door in the eyes of God. The, the word door, doors, or gate, an opening, a, date, a gate, or a door used several hundred times in Scripture. Very critical. It's very important. Let's read a bit here in Revelation chapter 3. Let's look in verse number 7. Now, this letter in Revelation 3, we know that as, as God gave John the revelation of things that were to come, the end time events, the first thing he did was he gave them a message to seven churches uh, that were existing in, in that area at that time. And one of those churches that a letter was written to, or a message was given, a letter was written, was to the church in Philadelphia. This was the only church out of the seven that did not have a warning or a rebuke or a correction from God. And I want you to know what's connected to this as we see this faithful church. In, in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 7, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia write. Now, uh, in, the angel would be the leader or literally the pastor of that church, the messenger God had given to that church. Now, I don't know that anybody's ever called me an angel. In fact, somebody told me one time, somebody called me an angel, and I said, well, that's really nice. And they said, well, wait a minute, I'm not through. And they, they said, you know what an angel is? I said, no. They said, it's somebody who's always up in the air harping about something. So, I, you know, that, that would be the sum total of my being called an angel. But to the messenger, to the angel, to the leader of the church, notice the message. These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. Watch this. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. So he said, God can open doors no one else can open. How many can say amen to that? And God can close doors that, uh, that, that uh, he can open doors no one can close, and he can close doors that no one can open. We need open doors in our life. And listen to me, guys, we need some doors closed in our life. How many understand that? There's some doors that need to be closed, and God has the ability to do that. Then... He, we, we go a little later in chapter 3, and there's a letter to the church in Laodicea, which was a church that had become backslidden, a church that, uh, that was lukewarm and had drifted. We talked about that kind of situation in our three chairs message. And notice what he says to them, very, really stunning that we read this in Revelation 3 and verse 20. Here, here's what he says to that church. He says, here I am. Verse 20 of Revelation 3. Here I am. I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with him and be with him. Now, watch this. And he will be with me. So, so watch this. It's amazing. This verse, Revelation 3.20, has been quoted often in leading people to Christ. And I think that would be appropriate. You know, that he's standing at the door knocking. If we'll open the door, Christ will come into our life. I think that is an accurate and appropriate use of this verse. But I want you to see something. This was a letter written to a church, not to lost people. And what's shocking about this is here's a letter to a church, and Jesus says, I'm outside your door. Wow. A church is meeting, and he's not in the meeting. A church has gathered to do service, 
And Jesus is not there. The church is in here. And he says, I'm outside. Knocking on the door of a church, asking, will you let me in? Pretty shocking statement. And so we see the value of a door. A door that Jesus says, are are you with me? I cannot come in unless you open the door. So we see some important things. I'm just wanting you to see this. Then drop down to chapter 4 of Revelation in verse 1. After he's written these three letters, these seven letters to these churches, then he begins to unfold the revelation of the things that are to come in the last days, things that have not happened yet on this earth. The events surrounding the rapture and the tribulation and the Antichrist and then the second coming of the Lord. So how does it begin? Verse 1 in chapter 4. After this I looked... And there before me was a door standing open in heaven. So we need to learn some things today. There's some very encouraging things that, that, that we need to see and learn in this message about a door, about doors. It's such a key application in our lives. The doors represent access. They represent opportunity. We talk about a, a door is open, access is open. Doors represent, and we in, in the Bible, the term door and gate is used. It represents authority. It represents wisdom. The, the Bible tells us that in, in, the, in the Old Testament days that the leaders of the cities gathered at the gate of the city. It's a place of wisdom. It's a place of access. Uh, it's a place of strength. The gates represented the strength of a city. They were the strong point, and they represented that. It represented government. It represented honor. Doors are very important. Uh, to the church in Philadelphia, there was no rebuke. God just said, you know what, guys? You've been faithful. You've been faithful in difficult times. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to reward you, he says. I'm going to open doors for you that nobody on this planet has ever been able to open. He said, and I'm going to close doors that the enemy's been using to access your life. I'm thankful that when we're faithful, God will open a door no one else could open. How many are thankful God's the one who opens the door? And I'm really thankful that he says, and you know what? Where the enemies had access to your family, where generational curses have been working, where familiar spirits have been operating, where old habits have been going, God says, I'm going to close the door on those things. I'm going to open something new in your life to that church. But then again, as I said, I'm amazed the church and Laodicea, may God never be in this place with us where he says, I love you, I want you, I want to get in this place. But someone's going to have to hear my voice and open the door and say, Lord Jesus, come in. You know, today I'm praying that someone's going to say, come into my life. Someone's going to say, I hear that, Lord, come in my life. I'm praying some family is going to look at each other, a marriage that's been in trouble. And you're going to look at one another today and say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to say, Lord, come into this marriage. We're going to do what we need to do. I pray that Calvary can open the door to the Lord Jesus Christ in North Alabama. We can welcome him in. And I pray that everything God ever wants to do or say or be in charge in this church, that the door is always open for him. In fact, that we don't have to say it's open. He's already inside with us and we're walking in that place with him. So we see this thing that doors do. Doors are a way in to a place where we need to go. And you know what else a door is? A door is a way out of a bad place that we've been trapped in. Doors are ways in and a way out. Now, here's something interesting I think that, that it is so important. and something that we see that's happening right now that's very relevant to this moment. Uh, I told you that these uh, creative messages, I've shared them in the past, and I'm bringing them out just to give us a, a special time during this month. 
But something unique about this message today in this year that was not applicable when I shared this several years ago is this. We on the Hebrew calendar have already entered into the new year. On the Gregorian calendar, our calendar, we, we start, of course, on January 1. But, but this Hebrew calendar that represents many of the things that God has done in Scripture has already opened. Now, the, for, for us, we're going to begin the year 2018 on, on January 1. In the Hebrew calendar, the year that just began a, a month or so ago, we are in the Hebrew calendar year 5778. The symbol I shared with you earlier is uh, of this year in the Hebrew. The Hebrew uh, calendar or the Hebrew uh, alphabet is pictorial. There's pictures for every one of the alphabet letters. And this year, i got some really good news for you, is the year of the open door. It's the year of the open door. God's year on His calendar and His timetable. I'm excited to be in the year of the open door. Here's what's amazing about these numbers that are significant. The year 5778. Number 5 is the number for grace. So we're beginning under grace. How many are thankful for the grace of God? 777. Two sevens in the middle. 7 is the number of perfection and completion. And the number 8 represents a new beginning. How powerful that the symbol for this year is an open door. That the numerical value is the year of a brand new beginning. That's where we are. Now, I want you to think about this. If you'll remember, we began this year in January. uh, God sent to us uh, Apostle Patty Valenzuela and really shared a prophetic word with Calvary about what God wanted to do. And you remember she talked uh, about it. One of the key words was alignment. Alignment. Remember that word? And in that message, uh, we were really encouraged To understand alignment, that means we might have to move, all right? You might have to shift. How many hear what I'm saying? If I'm going to align with the will of God in my life, it means I need to move. God's not going to move. This is His will. I need to line up. Do you know in in, in Scripture uh, the word future is really not used? This is the word used in Scripture, an expected ending. An expected ending. Do you know what your future is? It's not random. It's something God has designed. And if you will align with His will, God's expected ending for you will happen. And so we've been encouraged to align ourselves. Move if we need to move. Shift if we need to shift. Surrender where we need to surrender. And watch this. Why is it important that you and I need to align with the will of God? Move with the will of God. Surrender to the will of God. Because, you know what? If I'm going to go through a door that's open for me, I'm going to have to be lined up with that door when God opens it. See, alignment's important. If I'm standing over here, I'm facing a wall. If I'm standing right here, I'm facing an open door. I'm going to tell you, God has been saying to us, if you'll line up with me, if you'll surrender to me, are you everybody with me? If you'll obey me, if you'll line up, you're going to be standing at a place, walking with the purposes of God, and you're going to be in the right place at the right time when God opens the door. You can step right into this new season God has for your life. Alignment is critically important. See, God's not going to move the door to accommodate me. He's going to move me to accommodate the door. He's not going to put one up just anywhere George Sawyer wants it. How many are listening to me? How many want an open door year? How many want a new season? I'd better line up with what God wants me to do. And the important thing I want to encourage you with this is that the year of alignment, this getting things in order, 
this, this seven that completed everything and got everything in perfection is lining up. It, once the door opens, if I'm not there, it's too late if I'm not there. So alignment is important this year of this open door. Now, here's the thing that's interesting about this Hebrew year, this 5778, is that it's a dual meaning. One part of the word means a wall, and the other word means a door. And so we see this picture of a wall or a door. And here's the important thing that, that, that we need to understand, that we need to be aware of, is that for some people, this gear that we're entering into, are you with me? It's just a wall you're looking at because I haven't aligned myself with the will of God. But for other folks, the same year, if I've aligned myself with the purposes of God, I'm lined up with an open door in my life. So we get to make a choice today. Is this next year going to be a wall in front of me or a door in front of me? Am I going to align with the purposes of God and walk into the next day? Or am I going to be blocked by a wall? Here's something that's really exciting. Are you ready? This door is a new door. It means that you've been struggling with a place in your life and you haven't been able to get a breakthrough and go through. Are you ready? But it's a new door. So God's ready to open a door and put a door in a place where you've never walked through it before in your life. It has been looking like a wall and bang, God opened a door up in the middle of a dead-end street. That's what God wants to do when we line up with His purposes. How many want to line up with the purpose of God? Man, I want to be there and lined up. And God has given us this opportunity. So, let's think about this for a moment. I, I, I read a little book many years ago, and this book made this statement. The, the title of this little book was, Let Go of What's Stopping You. Let Go of What's Stopping You. So let me get around on this side of the door because, you know, this is a, where we want to come in. So, so let's say I'm here right now and I have some things I'm holding on to. Can everybody see this? So, so when God opens a door, then I have to make sure that I let go of what's stopping me. Well, Pastor, why is that so important? Because I'm I'm just ready to go through this door. Watch me. Watch this. Well, I've got some things in my hand, and God opened the door, but what I'm holding stopped me from going through the door. So, you know, I could be praying. Come on, watch this, because you know how we get at the end of a year and a new year where I was praying all. I, I think some people think just because the calendar turned over, your life turned over. Huh? Lord, what are we praying? God, open a door, open a door. He says, I'm going to open a door. You say, hallelujah, the door's open. And, and then after a while, you know, we're looking around and, and, and everybody else is going through the door. And I'm not through. And you know what we're prone to do? Well, Lord, why are they going through the door? Well, Lord, I see them walking through the door. Well, Lord didn't answer my prayer. He opened the door, but you need to let go of some things that are stopping you. From the door that God has opened. Isn't it amazing that God will open the door, but sometimes we hold on to things. Well, Pastor, what do you mean? Like, what, what kind of things would, would I be holding on to? Is there, is there something that, that, well, you know, maybe what I'm holding on to is a mindset. A thought. You know, maybe I'm standing right here, and God opens the door, and I'm saying, oh, God. Get me through the door. No, God opened the door. You need to get you through that door. 
huh, maybe there's a mindset. I'm holding on to things. My mindset may be a lack mindset, a poverty mindset. A, oh, woe is me, poor me. Nobody loves me. I have a hard time. Why don't you just stop that and get through that door and go on and get in this place God has for you? Maybe it's like, maybe it's a mindset. The Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 that we need to cast down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive, making it obedient to Christ. See, we, we, we have to understand that we are limiting ourselves when God is opening a door. Our mindset, our thoughts, how we think, how we look at God, how we look at ourselves. You know, we stand back here sometimes and say, I, I, I don't know if I can get through that door. Well, how do you know until you try? Well, I've always lived on this side of the door. Oh, God, I just, oh, well, I guess I can't get through. I, I, oh, God, yeah, oh, well, what's stopping me? The, the, what you're holding on to stopping you? My mindset. Well, can I tell you one of the big things we have to let go of is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness, unforgiveness. You know who you're hurting when you won't forgive? You're hurting you. You're hurting you. Here, can you imagine? God has opened a door. Jesus has died on the cross. His grace has been given. The Holy Spirit's working. But if I hold on to unforgiveness, even though the door is open, I can't get through that door. It's in my ears. I hear... I hear people coming to church, praising God, raising their hands, going through the motion, reading their Bible, tithing, doing what they do. But when it comes to that person that hurts you, when it comes to that situation, I can't get through it. See, God may have blessed you with a wonderful person that you're married to after a very evil person wrecked and ruined your life in a previous marriage. And God wants to bless where you are. But we keep carrying the baggage of where we've been and what they did and what happened to me. And every time you're almost ready... See, I can change my name. I can change my address. I can get a boyfriend, a girlfriend. I can get a new husband, get a new wife, get a new job, get a new car, get a new house, get a new bank account. But I can't get in there and enjoy what's on this side of the season for me until I just say, you know, I've had enough of that stuff. God, I'm going to give it to you today. I've got to let go of what makes me stop. You know what else keeps us trapped in here? Our words. Our words. Our words, the door's open, the door's open, but we go through this thing. You know, I don't have enough strength to walk through the door. I'm not smart enough to go through the door. I don't have what it takes. God can't do this. God can't do this. I'm afraid over there. Last time I tried this happened. Your words, declare the will of God. Speak the purposes of God. Bless the people around you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who despitefully use you. Line your words up. There's the life of power and death is in your tongue. Life and death. The power of life and death is in your tongue. We have to be willing to let go of some of these things. Can I tell you, sometimes the thing that keeps me from getting through this door is a bad relationship. A bad relationship. Sometimes I'm trusting in a person more than I'm trusting in God. A bad relationship. I'm almost there. It's a time for God to open a door. He's ready for me to move in. But here's what I found out. You know, not everyone's ready to go through that door with me. Not everyone's ready to take that step. Pastor, how do I know who's right in my life? I'll tell you who's right in your life. People walking through the door with you, not hanging on to you back over here. If they're not willing to come through with you, they're not right for you. 
You say, well, Pastor, I've been depending on them a long time. That's the problem. It's time you start depending on the Lord and stop depending on that person. Well, Pastor, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, let's forgive some people. Let's get our words lined up with the Word of God. Let's stop thinking things that aren't lined up with Scripture. Let's stop holding on to people that keep ruining and wrecking our life. We must let go of the things that are holding us back. You know, uh, John twenty twenty six. if you want to put that up, says this. Look, look at this. It says the disciples, after Jesus was raised from the dead, the first place he found them, John twenty twenty six says this. His disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Though the doors were locked, Jesus had to come in. The NIV says the doors were locked because of fear. The door was locked. Jesus opened the door. Watch this. Ready? Doors open. And we run up to it and go, uh-uh, I'm going to lock that thing. I'm afraid. I'm afraid you won't do what you said, Lord. I'm afraid of what's on the other side of this door. I'm afraid today because of what happened yesterday. I'm afraid to go to my tomorrow because the devil beat me up yesterday. I'm afraid. I'm locked. I, I want out of this room. Wait a minute. He said they locked the door. Aren't you thankful that Jesus can get past the doors you and I lock on Him. So I want to challenge you today to not let fear hold you back here. Not to let doubt and shame and guilt and failure in the past when a door is open in your life. As I prayed this morning, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, be very careful when you get to this part. Go slow. Because He said, I may want to give a word to some people right here. What are the things that hold us back? What are the faces that hold us back? What are the patterns that hold us back? What are the strongholds? What are the, what are the fears? God, I'm afraid. I'm just afraid. It's just, it's just so, you know, frightening to just let go of these things. Isn't it amazing that we hold on to the things that have hurt us? We hold on to the things that we hate. You know why? Because they're familiar. I want to tell you something. There's some things today I, I hear the Holy Spirit saying that there's some guilt and shame in your life. Listen to me. That all when you come up to that door that stops you and says, you're not worthy. You can't make it. You've never lived on that other side. You know, some people have such a fear of failing, they sabotage their self. But today, I want you to hear me. God says, let go of the things that hold you back. And you hear the word of the Lord. There's no sin you committed greater than the grace of Jesus. There's no failure in your life greater than the blood shed on the cross. There's no mistake you've ever made that God cannot free you and forgive you and release you from that. And today God is saying, whatever's held you back, whatever's been a wall in front of you, I want to say this to you today. Sometimes we've settled to just stay back there. We've been there so long, we've gotten used to it. And I'm going to tell you, listen to me. God did not create you to live on the wrong side of His door. God did not put His Son on the cross for you to settle for that side of the door. God says to you today, let go of the things that hold you back. Leave them back there on the other side of that door and walk out. You know why we need to let go of those things? Because your hands were created to praise God, to work for God, to serve God. Not to hold on to all the lies that the enemies put behind you. God wants you to live on this side of this open door. It's an amazing thing. You know, it's really, really powerful. And the thing we need to understand when we look at this door, why? Because in John 10, 7 
And John 10, verse 9, this is what Jesus said. He said, I am the gate. I am the door. You understand that? It's Jesus. Do you know what this opportunity is in your life today? It's Jesus. It's not your act. It's not your ability. It's not your work. It's not your power. The door that will open up from a bad part of your life to the best part of your life is because of Jesus Christ. That's who He is. But now, let me tell you this. Sometimes we need to close the door. I shared this many years ago when I, when I had this sermon. Phoenix was just a little bitty kid. I was taking her to daycare one day. Little two, three-year-old, probably three years old. And we were in uh, Phyllis's little two-seater sky. And uh, I pulled up to the gas station, the quick stop, to get some gas. And I was standing right by the car, and I left my door open because I wanted to watch Phoenix. Now, because I was already in trouble, because I had her in the front seat in a two-seat, so you understand. So, so I'm watching. I'm on high alert. So I'm standing there, and I open the door, leave the door so I can see her, and I'm right here putting gas in the car. It was kind of a rainy day and cold, and I'm standing here watching her, and, I'm, and the, the door's open so I can see her. And out of nowhere, I don't know where he came from, this big, shaggy, wet dog ran around behind me like this and jumped straight in the car like it's his car. I mean, it was one second. One second. I'm putting gas in the car. Boom. I'm like, oh. And he didn't stop till he was right in Phoenix's lap. So I, I said, oh, I was just stunned. So I reached in there and grabbed him by the collar and jerked throw him out in one movement. I mean, it's it. This whole thing was three seconds. You, you understand what I'm saying? I got. I'm pumping gas. Here he comes, bang in the car. I'm, uh, and and Phoenix, it happened so fast. She didn't even scream. It was like, oh, you know, just shocked. I, I jump in and grab his collar. The one thought to my mind, he may bite you. It didn't matter at that point. I grabbed his collar and threw that dog out of the car. What was my mistake that day? Just one thing. I left the door open. And you know, when you leave the door open, you give the right to anybody or anything that wants to, to come straight into your life. You leave the door open and you just left all your authority out there for the enemy to do anything he wants. See, there are some moments when you need to shut the door. There are some people that you need to say, I'm not home. <laughs> There's some situations that need to be on the other side of this door in your life. Things change fast. I, that dog jumped in that car, stunned me, shocked me. I don't know where he came from. I didn't see him coming. But the mistake I made is I left the door open. And when you leave the door open, then you give the right to anything. You remember when Nehemiah was sent by God to rebuild the city of Jerusalem? The first thing he said is, I have to rebuild the walls so I can put the gates or the doors back in place. If I don't rebuild the wall, then this city is vulnerable. If I don't put a gate up so I can close it, our enemies can come in any time they want to. If I don't put up the wall and the doors, we have no identity in this city. Do you understand if you leave the door open, then no one knows who you are because everything's coming and going in your life. You have to make some decisions. I'm closing the door on some things in my life. I'm going to stop allowing access to anybody and anything that happens. Can I encourage you? Because you are now a Christian, you have the authority. 
over the door of your life. You remember we read in, there in Revelation 3, God, Jesus said, I have the key of David. I have the authority. I'm the king of the universe. Listen to me. There's no door that the devil ever made that the key of the authority of the cross can't open that door and get you out of that prison. And there's no scheme of Satan to destroy your life that Jesus can't lock that door and hold the only key to that door. I'm praying today, God, lock some doors in my life and only you have the key and no matter what the devil does he can't come back in that place there's sometimes we just need to shut the door I've, I've read in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 6 I want you to see this scripture Matthew 6 6 there are times you have to close the door the Bible says that when you get ready to pray Matthew 6 6 when you get ready to pray there's sometimes that I have to tell the rest of the world I'm sorry but I'm not available right now. Everybody with me? I'm going to talk to the Lord, and you're going to have to wait. Well, what if somebody calls me? Well, there'll be a message on there. Well, if somebody, what if somebody Instagrams me? It'll be there. Well, what if they, you know, what if they want to Snapchat me? Well, you know what? If it's bad enough, they'll snap you again. There's some times where I have to say, you know what? But when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your Father who's unseen. So that then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Sometimes, here's my phone. I'll check you later because i got an appointment in here with God. Shut the door. Just shut the door. You know why we sometimes struggle? It's because we don't know when to shut the doors in our life. We've lost the boundaries. Our culture's lost a boundary. We can't define right or wrong, good or bad. We can't define what a family is. We can't define what a marriage is. We can't define what your gender is. We can't define what's right or wrong. We can't define these things. Everybody's bad or everybody's good. We're polarized. We don't know how to get along with one another. Sometimes you need to say, you know what? I'm going to shut the door on the noise, on the foolishness, on the compromise, on the craziness. And you know what? If it's important... If it's God, if it's good, it'll be waiting on me when I get out of my prayer closet. I'm going to close the door. You remember in 2 Kings chapter 4. So what do I, you need to close the door when you're praying. You need to get along with God. You need to shut things out. You need to learn to hear His voice. Remember in 2 Kings 4, there was a little widow who said to the prophet Elijah, I'm running out. I don't have anything. My husband died. They're going to take my boys. And he said, what do you have? I preached this recently. She said, a little bit of oil. He said, go gather all your vessels. And when God's ready to do the miracle, put the vessels in the house. Listen, he said, get your little bit of oil, you and your boys. And he said, go in the house and shut the door. Shut the door. There was a song a few years ago, a lot of years ago. It said, shut the door and what? Yeah, you old-timers got it. And keep out the devil. Shut the door. Sometimes, guys, listen to me. The greatest thing you'll ever do is shut a door. Shut a door. God, I'm going to take some time over here. God, I'm not going to spend the rest of my life just letting all these voices talk to me. I've got to learn to shut doors. Where do miracles happen? Behind the door. Where do you pray? Behind the door. Where's the enemy stopped access? Because I closed the door in my life. Do you know 10 minutes with God behind a closed door could change everything you do in your life that day? 
You know that learning to hear the voice of God, learning to be quiet with God, becoming comfortable with God can change every aspect of your life. Sometimes I need to close some doors. I need to stop giving anybody and everybody access in my life. You know that person that tries to convince you to do something wrong and compromise? You need to say, you know what? Uh, it's over. <laughs> it's over. You know, and, and we're going we're gonna, to... No, you don't even have to say talk to the hand. Just tell them talk to the door. You just... Well, pastor, they're knocking on the door. You don't have to open the door every time somebody knocks on the door. Next time the devil knocks on your door, send the Holy Spirit to answer it and just see what he does. See, that's what's been happening. You say, well, I'm being tempted. I'm being tempted. The devil's knocking on my door. You don't have to answer the door every time somebody knocks. Kate, you, you need to look out and see who's there. You know you've done that at your house before. Come on, don't, don't look at me like that. You know the door's shut. You hear somebody. You creep up to the blind. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Somebody knocks. Used to, we, we like people to knock on the door. You know what I'm saying? It's company now. Who's that? Who? What? Be quiet, kids. Turn the TV off right now. Come on, you know what I'm saying. And, and what do we do? Shh. Who is it? Be quiet. I don't know. They got on a white shirt and a black tie. I don't know. There's a bicycle out there. I don't know. Stop. You shut the door on everything. So why would the devil does this? You know what it's like not to open the door. Do it sometime. Well, they're knocking. So what? Who is it? Oh, I can't believe it. That's so-and-so from my past. Well, leave them outside the door. You know what? The Bible says the devil's like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. You know what the Bible also says? He's a thief. That comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And the police tell me that a lot of thieves really aren't that skilled. They're just persistent. So the cars they take stuff out of are the ones where somebody left the door open. And the houses they rob are the ones that have easy access to. So the devil is just kind of walking around shaking doors. We, we had a, in the little town I grew up in, we had a guy. I, I, he wasn't a policeman, but he wanted you to think he was a policeman. And what he did, I'm serious, maybe you've ever heard of this thing. He just went around shaking door handles at night on the businesses. We called him the door shaker. I don't know what his, what his name was, but this little old man, you'd see him walking down. There's only, you know, we had, we had Main Street. We only had two traffic lights in the town I grew up in. One night on my motorcycle, I thought, me and my buddy, that would be a great, like a drag strip sign. I mean, you know, you know it's, it goes red, you know, and then yellow, green. And, of course, we forgot to check the police cars right behind us. So we're on Main Street, popping wheelies for two blocks. And then I saw a flashing light. I said, oh, my God. You know. And in that little town, when the police siren went, everybody go get in their car and drive. It was so boring, there was nothing to do. So the police pull us over for racing on Main Street. And, and half the town drove by before he finished writing the ticket. I'm like, come on. 
So the door shaker would go down Main Street. And if one was open, he'd call the owner, Mr. Jones, you left your door unlocked. He'd come do it. You know what the devil does? He just walks around shaking door. Oh, that was locked. That was locked. Oh, that was open. Come on, guys. Let's get right on in here. Come on. And they come running in. And what does Luke 11 say? He goes find seven worse than him. And when they get in, the end condition was worse than before you got started. And you know what the only problem was? You didn't close the door. You should have shut that thing and locked that thing down. And what we have to understand is there are going to be times when God will open a door that nobody but God can open. And there are going to be times when we need to shut the door because God wants to do a new work in my life on the inside where nobody sees it. And there are going to be times, can I help you, that you have to decide. You have to decide. I need God to do something in my life. I need a breakthrough in my life. I need a way out of where I've been. I've been here long enough. And the Bible says sometimes in Matthew 7, 7, if you'll put that up, here's what happens. The Bible says sometimes I've been in a place and I, try, and I need to get out. And I need something to happen. He says, I need to begin to get persistent. And I need to ask God, God, send an answer to this prayer. Anybody ever got desperate enough to pray? And then he said, not only ask, but after a while, you know, we want to ask. But if we get serious, then we start seeking God. God, I'm seeking you. God, I'm seeking you. And your prayer life goes from two minutes to a little longer. I'm seeking. Then he says, you come to a place where your faith begins to say, God, 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 God. I'm not going to stop, God. I need it. I need an answer, God. Somewhere your faith has got to move from asking and seeking, and you start knocking. God, God, this door has to open. My family's got to be saved. My marriage has got to be rescued. My family, my home, my life, my health, something's got to happen. And he says, if you knock the door, it's going to be open. And God says, you're going to go in a new place in your life. There's amazing things that happen when God's people begin to pray. Look at Acts chapter 5 and verse 19. Look, just here it was where uh, they had arrested some of the disciples. Look at this. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. When you ask, when you seek, when you knock, God will send an angel to open a door in your life that the enemy's thrown and locked you up. You know, Peter was in prison and it said they were praying all night. And the angel came in and opened the gate and let him out. Do you know in Acts 16, Paul and Silas were thrown in prison and it was midnight and they'd been beaten and they were bleeding and tired and falsely accused. And instead of going on social media and calling their congressmen and protesting, they just said, we're going to start praising God. And he didn't send an angel. He sent an earthquake. And every door in the prison came open. Why? Because when you ask, when you see, when you knock, the God who opens doors that no one can open will open a door in your life. If he has to send an earthquake into the place, that's the God we serve. Asking, seeking, knocking. You know, I want to read this Scripture to you in Psalm 24. I want you to look at this, and I'm going to close. Psalm 24. I love this passage. You see, God gives us opportunities. The year of the open door. The opportunity to say, God, I'm ready. And do you know what I love? I just told you, when you get sick and tired of being locked into a place, you can start asking. You can start seeking. You can start knocking. God will send angels. God will send earthquakes. God will do whatever it takes to get you out of that place. Psalm 24, Calvary, I pray this is on our hearts today. Verse 7 says, Lift up your heads, O gates, 
doors. Be lifted up, you ancient doors. These places that have been there for a long time. Everybody hear what I'm saying? And what does he say as we read this? That the king of glory may come in. Who is this king of glory? Who is he? The Lord who's strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O gates. Lift them up, you ancient doors, that the king of glory may come in. Who is the king of glory? The Lord Almighty, He is the King of glory. Do you know that churches can begin to pray over a region and say, God, over North Alabama, we say, oh God, we stand here, welcome in, mighty God, mighty in battle. We open the doors. We make places for you. We say, come in. Do you know you can make a decision today and say, God, the doors open in my heart and my life. The doors open to my family. Bring your glory in. Bring your presence in. Today, I hope that we'll make a decision. The doors always open to God in my life. The doors always open to God. God, come in. Walk into this thing. There's no mess that God cannot clean up in your life. There's no closet that God cannot change it. And then I, I want you to stand with me. And I ask, please, no one to leave. We're going to pray something very important together. I'm way in our time range because I want you to respond to this moment. Luke chapter 13. I want to read this to you as you stand. You see, God's ready. It's the year of the open door. God has the power, the might, and the ability. But isn't it amazing that we read in the beginning that sometimes He stands at the door and knocks? Why? You know when that one moment is? Because He gives you a free will. He gives me a free will. And he won't crash over that will. Listen to this. In Luke chapter 13 and verse number 24. Make every effort to enter through this door. Now, people misunderstand this. The narrow door. Because many, I tell you, will try to enter and will not be able to. Once the owner of the house gets up and closes the door... You will stand outside knocking and pleading, Sir, open the door for me. But he will answer, I don't know you or where you've come from. The door's not narrow because it's hard for you to get in. The door's not narrow because God doesn't want people coming in. The door's narrow because there's only one door, and his name is Jesus. It's not like no one can find it. It's plain. It's not like no one will ever be holy enough to get in because we are who we are by the grace of God. But the truth is, the only way into the presence of God is through Jesus Christ. He said, people are going to want to say, well, let me in. I want in. I, I, I want in on your blessings. I want in on your peace. I want in on the power of God. I, I, I want that. And he says... I don't know who you are. I never met you. I didn't know you. You know about me, but you don't know me. You never met me. You've stood outside the door like someone who doesn't belong. And you've waited at the door and, and, and taken crumbs that fell out and anything that might happen. And you've, you know people that go in the door, but you just stayed out here. And the day's going to come like Noah's Ark. When the flood starts, 
You know what God told him? Close the door. And they had laughed at him. Remember that? And mocked him and made fun of him. But when the rain started, the door was already closed. And no matter how they knocked and pounded on the ark, too late. The door was closed. Today, the door is open. I don't know about tomorrow. I don't know where you'll be tomorrow. I don't know what happened in your life tomorrow. I don't know if the Holy Spirit will be touching your heart tomorrow like He is today. But today, the door is open. And that's everyone has that opportunity. I want to pray over two or three things today. The first thing I want to do is to make sure that everyone in this room, everyone watching on our social media platform, that you take a moment of absolute, raw honesty and say to yourself, is Jesus Christ the Lord of my life or just someone I know about? Is He my Savior? Is He my Lord? Do I walk with Him? Do I know His voice? Or is He still doing this to me? Hey, I love you. I want to come in. I want to change your life. I want to set you free. Would you open the door? See, that's that's Jesus. Isn't it amazing that when you've done your worst, when you once knew him like that church and now lukewarm and you walked off and compromised, do you know what's amazing to me? That you may leave him, but he doesn't leave you. He's still there. Hey, I'm still here. I love you. You know what it sounds like when Jesus knocks it? You know, today it sounded like a sermon on doors. That's what it sounded like today. And maybe yesterday it sounded like somebody kind and considerate to you. That's what it sounds like when he's knocking. Maybe it's you're remembering how somebody that loved you prayed for you. That's what it sounds like. Well, how do I know what his voice sounds like? He says, hey, would you open? I'll come in. What does his voice sound like? Well, today it sounded like a message on doors. And maybe before it sounded like your mother's voice or your father's voice or a friend at work's voice or a classmate that really loved Jesus. Maybe you missed that voice and you say, well, you know, God's never spoken to me. Oh, yes, he has. I don't think he's ever knocked on my door. Oh, yes, he has. This moment, a million details had to come in order thought about that? For you to be here right now. A million details. Who your parents were. Where you were born. How you got to Alabama. What got you in this room today? A thousand decisions that you really didn't even think about. But you know why they happened? Because God loves you so much that He would just orchestrate all these things. And now if you'll think about it for a moment, that was the voice of Jesus saying, I really love you. I really care about you. And I know you walked off from me, but you know what? I love you anyway. And I don't want to lose you. I'm right here. And all you have to do is say, Lord, thank you. Come into my heart. He's done the hard work. All you have to do is say yes. Every head's bowed, please. Today you're here and you said, Pastor, I need to change which side of this door I'm on. I've been... I'm not a bad person. I just lost my way. I just lost my way. Other things got in the way. Heartache, disappointment, misunderstandings. And I just lost my way. 
I want to open the door of my heart to Jesus. I want to ask him in to my life today. I don't want to know about God. I want to know him. I I want him to change my life today. I'm ready to surrender. Maybe you've done that before and you walked off from him. You got lost. Just missed it. And today, you're so thankful that that pounding in your chest right now, your heart racing, well, that's the knock of Jesus on your heart today. Say yes. Open the door and say yes. Maybe you've never understood what you're looking for. Today you got it. That's it. Right where you are, if today you're going to open the door of your heart to Jesus for the first time, for the first time in a long time, would you raise your hand right where you are? Just right where you are and say, that's me. Thank you. Who else? Who else today? I sense the Holy Spirit dealing with people's lives. You know, you've been holding on to that stuff so long, it's kept you on the outside. Anyone else said, Pastor, today, I want to surrender my heart to Jesus today. I want to give my heart to Him. Can we pray a prayer out loud together? Everybody with me? Because I want to pray for someone, another group of people right now. But first, would everyone pray this prayer with me out loud? Dear Jesus, I hear your voice. And today I say yes. I open the door of my heart to you. I hold nothing back. I ask you to forgive me of every sin. I ask you to come into my life. Walk through that door. Come into my life. Change me from the inside out. Set me free from the things that hold me back. I confess with my mouth and I believe with my heart that you're God's son. That you died on the cross so my sins could be forgiven. I open my life. I accept you as my Savior and Lord. I trust you. From this day forward, my life belongs to you. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for bringing me home. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, I I want us to pray this prayer. What about... What about those things, guys? You know that God has better. You know that there's some things limiting you today. Today, would you make a decision to put those things down and walk in this new door in your life? I'm not going to ask anybody to define what that is, but we need to pray right now. There's an authority here today to break that mindset to release you from the guilt, to break the fear, to set you free and get you out of that place on this door that God's opened. This is the year of a new door, of an open door. And what has been a wall to you, I'm going to tell you right now, God's going to open a door in the middle of your blocked wall. God's going to make a way out for you right now. Are you willing to lay some things down? Are you willing to say, God, I say yes to you. I'm tired of holding on to these things. Come on. Let's not have any hidden sins holding us back. Unforgiveness holding us back. Compromise, rebellion, disobedience holding us back. It's not worth it. It's a lie and a facade. Are you ready to pray? Come on, right where you are. I want you to, if, if the Lord has touched your heart, I want you just to pray and look at me. Feel like this. Open your hands. All of us and say, God, Take these things that are holding me back. I let go. I surrender. In Jesus' name, I let go of what's holding me back. 
this is a new day for me. I'm going forward. I'm walking through the door. I'm shutting the okay, you ready? I'm shutting the door on things that I don't need to have in my life anymore. Come on. Say, I'm shutting the door, God. I'm closing the door. I'm saying yes to you. It is a new season in my life. Just while your hands are open, just you pray whatever you want to pray, and I want to agree with you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I take authority over the lies of Satan, the accusation of Satan, the attack of Satan. I take authority over strongholds and mindsets and places of brokenness and wounding and addiction. I declare in Jesus' name, the door is open to you and the door is closed to the enemy. We say close the door of the past. Close the door of the things that hurt us and open the door to this season in our life. We let go. I declare today there's deliverance in this room. I declare there's freedom in this room. I declare new mindset, new thoughts, transformation by the renewing of our mind. I declare obedience and surrender. Lord, thank you that the baggage is off of us, that the chains are off of us, that fear is broken and depression and and, and unkindness and bitterness is broken today in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're going to let you sort out the details. Bad people are still bad. Unkind people are still unkind. People are still wicked and they're wrong. And they haven't asked us to forgive them. It doesn't matter. We're going to forgive them today. Lord, it doesn't mean we're going to keep putting ourselves in harm's way. It doesn't mean that we're going to keep allowing bad things to be done. We may need to separate from the source. But we're going to walk off and forgive and move into a new season. We refuse to be locked in this prison cell. Lord, if you need to send an angel, send an angel today to open that door. Lord, if you need to send an earthquake, send an earthquake to open that door. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Freedom today. Wholeness today. Liberty today. We close the doors on the past and we boldly take your hand and walk into this new season in our life. Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Guys, let me say this before we go. You, Some of you are not familiar with this name. There's a lady that was a tremendous evangelist in the early days of the last century. Her name was Amy Simple McPherson. In Los Angeles, she built a place called the Angelus Temple during the Depression. Stunning place is still there today. It's now the worship center for the L.A. Dream Center. And I'll never forget the first time I had the opportunity to go preach there in the... Uh, there in, in her in the building that she had built, and, and and I was honored and excited. It was a place of revival and miracles, and it just shifted Hollywood and the nation. This Angeles Temple she had built. It's on the. If you go to Hollywood, you go to Los Angeles, they take you by it. It's a landmark there. And I went in this place, and I was thinking about all the miracles that happened. Listen close, I'll hurry. And they took me around. So it's a round, huge, circular building, double balconies. And they took me around the hall, and I looked, and here was a trophy case. As long as from this speaker here all the way to that one over there, about eight feet tall. It was glass thin, a giant trophy case built in the wall. And I looked at it again, and inside that trophy case, this is what was in there. Crutches, walkers, wheelchairs, cots, braces, casts, all these things that people had come into that church and were healed and didn't need anymore. They just left them. 
They just had a collection of all those things just left behind. People brought in on stretchers, walked out. And right now, I want you to look up here and let's make a trophy case of what God set you free from today. Of the things that you decided, you know what, this is not going to hold me back anymore. Nobody's going to see it, but I want you to lay it down. I don't want you to take it with you. Why don't we make some trophies for the kingdom today? Why don't we let go of this stuff today? I want to pray this final prayer, and I want you to right now, in your spirit, say, God, I'm leaving it behind as a testimony of the grace of God, and I'm walking out without it today. Amen? You need to leave here lighter than how you came in today. You need to leave here with your hands wide open. You lay some things down. Father, we make a trophy case today for the power of God. We lay things down at the front of this church, on this altar, and say, never again. I don't need it. I don't want it. It was a sign of my bondage, and now I'm free. It was a sign of brokenness, and now I'm whole. I leave now, in Jesus' name, whole, well, ready. My hands are free. I lay it all down, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, amen. I love you guys. God bless you. Have a blessed Thanksgiving. We'll see you next Sunday morning.